I always say Ledley is the best player I ever played with. I felt every time I played next to him, I had a good game. Hello listeners, this is YE1 Spurs review of season 2004-5 with me, Ian Wallace, Simeon and Peter Wright, and coming back to us again from his native Sweden, the country played 57 times for former Spurs left-back Eric Edmund. Eric, how are you keeping during the global crisis? Yeah, obviously tough for everybody, feeling a bit depressed because no football at all, you know, to watch only old games on, on yeah. television so uh, yeah, yeah I, I need some Champions League football or Premiership to watch because now it's yeah. nothing to do at all <laughs> yeah and we, we, we feel your pain uh, yeah. welcome back Peter uh, Peter and Simeon hi guys well. cheers Ian cheers guys Eric, we've been going back in time looking at the seasons nearly for a month now and we're absolutely buzzing to review this campaign with yourself. A regular starter in the Spurs defence throughout that season. How fresh would you say this season is in your memory? Yeah, definitely. It's fresh because I think it's probably one of the best seasons for me personally. And it was a big move for me to come to the Premiership and obviously to play for a, such a big club as Spurs. A crowd of 35,000 packed into White Hart Lane on the 14th of August 2004 to watch Jacques Santini's new-look Tottenham draw 1-1 with soon-to-be Champions of Europe Liverpool, managed for the first time by Rafa Benitez. Eric, you made your debut that day, along with five other Spurs summer recruits, while on the football terraces for the first time ever was a six-year-old Simeon Wright. Simeon, <laughs> with your recollection of your first ever game. I remember the day. I don't really remember anything from the game, if I'm honest. I remember it was a it was a very very hot day. It's fair to say that, and the man to my left will back me up, my dad, that I wasn't best interested in the football. I was more kind of interested in my handheld gaming device. And yeah, he was a yeah the computer <laughs> game in his hand. And he spent oh, yeah. more time looking. But at but that. I I remember I did have a figurine of Steven Gerrard from Euro 2004. Um, my parents were trying to get me into football through that tournament and trying to make me take notice of that. So I remember my dad kind of pointing out Gerard to me and said, that's the guy that you have the figurine of. And I kind of just nodded my head and went, yeah. yeah. Eric, how did you feel making your debut at White Hart Lane? You must have been very excited. Yeah, yeah, I was. And I was, uh, most of all, I was really nervous because it was probably the biggest game I uh, ever played, you know, was certainly on club level. And to play it against such a big club as Liverpool, it was a huge game for me personally. Just to give you some context, Eric, we'd had about four or five seasons beforehand where we'd done very badly. We'd finished always mid-table. So for us Spurs fans, Peter, I don't know how you felt. I actually felt that this season, I felt very positive going into this season. Peter, did you feel the same? Yeah, as, as, a, as with the start of every season, you've got that freshness. And um, we had a lot of new signings. In that particular game, we had like loads of new players in the centre of midfield, I seem to remember. Like, players are not really familiar with, but you always have that bit of optimism at the start of everything, don't you? Everything felt very new and fresh and optimistic, yeah. yeah. In the transfer windows, there'd been a lot of players who'd gone out, actually. So, Eric, possibly this was before you actually got there. So, Gus Poyed left, Christian Zieger had left, Anderton had left, Helda Postiga had left, Stephen Carr had left, Tariko had left, Dean Richards had left, and also Gary Doherty had left. So, Eric, did, how did you feel sort of coming in? Because there's a lot of players come in at the same time as you. I thought the board or, or you know, Lever, he was uh, fed up with overpaying players. That's the rumours around the new structure of the team. He wanted to bring in 
younger players who are less expensive, you know, less wages, plays with potential to really go places. That's the, the explanation I got anyway from people around the team. Paul Robertson came in, Pedro Mendes, Sean Davies, Atuba, Naradine Nabet, Michael Carrick came in, and Noah Paramo, Andy Reid and Michael Dawson came in amongst others. Did you sort of feel something big was building there, Eric, though, when you agreed to join? Eventually, maybe I could see that, but at the time I was busy with my own performances, you know, and tried to prove myself to the coaches instead of, you know, being concerned about the club. I was concerned about myself. Yeah. Try to do my best at every training and every game I get the chance to play, obviously, uh, more than see the big picture. Yeah. And Peter, how did you feel about having uh, Jacques Zantini and Martin Yol dream team at the time? I felt like it was quite a bit of a coup getting someone like him having managed France. And I thought, you know, that was, that was quite a big deal to have him at Spurs. But I've just wondered, from your point of view, Eric, how did you find him to play for? Because... He seemed, from the outside, quite closed or not really very open at the time. And people like Michael Carrick, I don't think he gave him a squad number, I think, at the start of the season. But, you know, somebody comes in who's quite highly regarded, you think, yeah, you know, we're, we're so almost like lucky to have him. Yeah, but I think his big, big problem coming to England was he could not speak the language properly. Communication, yeah. 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 Mm. So he could not communicate with... with media also the players when we have team talks obviously it's a man with a lot of knowledge but he could not bring it out because he could not explain himself he had his own assistant who was dominic kupoli he came with him and he could speak english i think eventually you could see that he got frustrated with not working tight enough the bonding between frank and and shaq was not there you know yeah. So eventually he got frustrated about that because what I heard, he didn't want to bring Michael Carrick in, for example. Yeah, which is curious because he, I, I regarded him as one of our best players and like I said, he didn't even have a squad number at the time. Yeah, and he was not playing in the beginning because Jamie Redknapp was the captain and he played when Santini was the coach and the first thing Martin Yall did when he took over was to take Jamie out and bring uh, Carrick on. Yeah, sure. that's definitely a, for, a very yeah. forward-thinking move. And yeah, I mean, you, you talk about kind of Santini and the structure just didn't really work. And, you know, you know, the, the director of football role is normally quite a behind-the-scenes role. We have seen directors of football at Spurs afterwards, Damien Camoli, Franco Boundini, but they're very much behind the scenes. Looking at the role that Arneson was playing, it, it seemed like he was almost like the main man, which is a bit weird. Like I think after Santini had gone, he went on the Friday before we played Charlton on the Saturday in a game that we lost. But kind of Frank Arneson was the guy who was standing on the touchline at halftime and addressing the crowd and telling everyone it was all going to be all right. And it just seems like he was the main man. And maybe that's what Santini couldn't really buy into. The job he took over when he came in, Frank, was to restructure the whole squad with younger players. And obviously then... You also have to be patient with giving younger players time to adapt to a new level and obviously perform at high levels. Maybe Jacques Santini was used to, you know, the French national team where you have Sisu and those guys, you know, playing world-class football all the time. And, and then he came into Spurs and was a little bit disappointed with the quality because the quality was there, but the group were not able at the time to perform at the level he wanted. After Spurs, he went to Auxerre. 
and then he fell out with the director of football there, Guy <laughs> Roux. Did you know that, Eric? No, I, I actually I met Jack and Dominic when they were at Auxerre the year I uh, went to Rennes. But I think Giroud, you know, he's a legend at that small club. You know, Auxerre is yeah. a really, really small town, and also the club. Giroud, he was the head coach there for thirty years, and he probably thought, "Yeah, I run this club, and uh, you should not come here and do it." <laughs> actually, Jacks and the team started really well. You know, our first one, two, three, four, five, six games, we went undefeated. Some good results in those first six games, wasn't there, Sim? The tales that I'm told by Spurs fans is that the football was less than exciting in those games we were unbeaten. We won two of them, scored three, only conceded three actually, which is good on your for your job Eric because you're you're a defender I'm just wondering did you feel like the defense was settled that season and also what was it like playing in a defense that was led by Ledley King I always say Ledley is the best player I ever played with I felt every time I played next to him I had a good game then when he was gone for whatever reason with injury or, or whatever I felt oh I, I didn't have a good game so maybe he has something to do with my performances as well <laughs> as a first player because Nah, he was just phenomenal, you know, and although at the time he was already having uh, those uh, injury problems, he stayed inside until Thursday, he come out and jog a couple of laps around the pitch where we were training. Friday, he'd do the boxes, if he felt alright, he was playing the small games also before, and then man of the match every Saturday. And the last of that six games unbeaten was a pretty famous game, 0-0 at Chelsea, where I think Jose coined the famous part of the bus phrase where our defence was just unbreachable on that day. Was that a bit of an onslaught? Yeah, I remember they were better than us because, yeah, they're playing at home and, and uh, a strong team, obviously. And I remember we held on, yeah, yeah, but mm. we parked the bus. We didn't intend to park the bus, but we probably were defensive, yeah. They're a very good team, they are. I wanted to ask you about Ledley, just going back to him. What was it about him that lifted your game? What was about him that made him such a good player? Everything. I think, first of all, great person. Never had a need to highlight himself, you know. That's astonishing with a, with a world-class player. He don't have to highlight himself. He just went on with his things, mm. understanding a reading of the game. He was quick. He was strong. He was good on the ball. I can't really see a bad quality. Then after that Chelsea game, we um, we have played Manchester United at home, where we you know we had a really unbeaten start, so we were sort of you know quite positive about it. And I remember going to the game when we lost at home, and Eric, you actually gave away a penalty in that game. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you remember. I remember. <laughs> Sorry, we, 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 we're not going to hold it against you. Don't worry. <laughs> Then afterwards we beat Everton away when Pamaro scored, but then then we had a run of you know six games where we lost six games on the trot. How dark was it during those periods? And also, Eric, you didn't seem to play in some of those games. Three games. You no, to I I actually I got a head concussion against Everton in early second half or something, and I went on to play again a couple of minutes, but I was so dizzy, so they had had to take me off, and then I was out for. Yeah, two months or something. With yeah, you didn't, yeah, you didn't play for four games and we lost all four of those Premier League games. Mm. So possibly if you had have played, we might have won, do you think? Yeah, definitely. All four, probably. <laughs> good, good man, good man. <laughs> so obviously during that time, Sim, then um, Ch- uh, Santini got sacked um, in that period. Oh, so he didn't get sacked, actually. He left. No, he resigned, didn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he resigned, yeah. And then we had the Arsenal game, Sim. So... An incredible game, wasn't it, Sim? Nebet scored the first goal, but then we 
kind of fell behind and were continuously chasing them in the game. It seemed that season, because we only conceded 41 in the league, which is a really good defensive record, but it seems like we just... We had a couple of defensive horror shows, maybe, or maybe Arsenal were just that good aside. I know there was there was a game at Palace where we conceded three, which was probably an off day. I mean, that Arsenal side, they'd been invincible the year before. Did they have a fear factor about them, Eric? I think with quite a lot of new players coming in, we didn't really think about it that way, but obviously we knew they were strong. It was a quite amazing game because I remember the atmosphere. My father was at the game also. He said... This is the best atmosphere I've ever experienced. Wow. And he, he's been around a lot of grounds, you know, also yeah, in Europe and, and in Sweden and so on. But he never experienced the same atmosphere. From the Spurs fans, you know, they really wanted us to do well against them, you know, because oh, of yeah. the relationship. For your dad to go to a North, a North London <laughs> derby, that's the big one, really. Special. You know, that's, that's special atmosphere. You can't get a bigger atmosphere at all. Yeah. Then Martin obviously took over. How did you sort of feel about Martin taking over, Eric? Because we, you know, in hindsight, us Spurs fans love Martin, you know, and I still love him now. Me and Peter totally agree on this. How did you get on with Martin? Obviously, you might, did you know him from your time in Holland? He managed a small club called Erkasi Valbeck. You know, it's a small club in in the yeah. Dutch league, or they going up and down. I didn't really know him that well. He's not typical Dutch. He's more of a English kind of coach, four four two based tactician. You know, so I didn't really know him that well. But it's more counter playing style in Holland. You know, normally the other teams always want to dictate, dictate. You know, and he was kind of different in in, in a good way. You know. When he took over, obviously everybody's concerned about what's happening now and stuff like that. But yeah, I got on really well with him. He was always honest with me because he wanted to give the team sheet on the day of the game. And I said to him, please tell me before, you know, on Friday after the training, if I play or not, you know, because I want to prepare myself for being on the bench or playing, you know. And he said, okay, no problem. So every Friday he told me, you're not playing or yes, you're playing. You played more often than not that team. You, in the league, you played about 30-odd games in the Premier League that season. So you must have been his first-choice left-back. Do you agree? Yeah, but I think also he liked Timothy Atuba because the way I think he thought about us two competing against each other was, OK, Timothy, he's more inspirational and going forward, and offensive and those kind of qualities he had. So when we play a lesser team that we should win against, certainly at home, he wanted to play Timothy, and when we went away uh, against tougher teams or more defensive work, he played me. That's how I thought about it. I mean, I watched a lot of games that season, Eric, with you in that team, and I never got Timothy Atuba. I, I, he, he never seemed to control of the ball. He just didn't seem to give us the balance. Peter, do you agree? I just yeah, didn't, I thought, a lot of Spurs fans were never big fans of Atuba. If it came across to me as a bit of a kind of a wild card. Bit of a loose cannon, really. I thought it was one unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, he, he was, he was, but also in a positive way, you know, because he could yeah. he could do things I I never ever thought about doing, you know, because he he was yeah dribbling as the last man uh, in in the sixteen yard box, you know. He, 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 he did things that came in his mind at the time, you know, and and also I think he brought positive things with that. I don't think he knew what he was doing sometimes. It was an unpredictability <laughs> about him that yeah. made you didn't know what you were going to get. There was one wonder strike he scored at St James's Park. Yeah, so lack of stability there. I think. Yeah, it's a bit yeah, similar, yeah. similar to Aurier, isn't he? And Ben Morasso, Cotto. Yeah. We had players like that. Yeah, sim- 
Yeah, similar to Sergio Aurier, you're right, yeah. Sim. Um, Eric, also, there's a, there a player who I really liked when he came. He was Reto Ziegler. Was, was he more a left midfielder or a left back? What do you think? I think he was phenomenal. The biggest Swiss prospect coming from Grasshoppers. And I think Frank had seen him on youth level. And he was a great player. Great left foot. Obviously, with his uh, youth, he lacked a little bit defensive qualities, I think. But... With experience and playing time, he could have been a great left-back for Spurs, I think. Yeah, I loved yeah. his corners. He took really great in-swinging corners. Do you remember those? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He had a fantastic left foot. He put yeah. the corners right under the crossbar, almost. When Martin came in, we went on a, um, a huge, a great run um, from end of November, Peter, to the new year, where we won six and we drew two. That, that was a fantastic period yeah. of play, wasn't it, from us, Peter? That season, I thought Martin Yol had kind of definitely improved things for us. It seemed, seemed to be more difficult to beat, didn't we? Probably the games that Lady King played in. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he played a lot of games that season. I went to a game on New Year's Day, Peter. I think you might have gone to the game as well, where we beat Everton 5-2. And Dean Marnie played in that uh, game. They brought uh, him in. I wasn't there, but they still show it on the TV now. Did you play in that one, Eric? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, I had a great game, uh, yeah. a good game. And obviously, Everton was quite successful that season, they if I recall right. You know, with yeah. Graveson as a centrepiece, you know, in the middle, yeah. dictating things. Yeah, they were really good. But we, we beat them and uh, deservedly won. Yeah, we did. And Dimani, um, he was quite a little pro- a good prospect for us at the time, Dimani. He scored two goals in there. And I was really sort of hopeful that he might sort of kick on at the time. But he never seemed to kick on, did he, Sim? Uh, no, he didn't. I mean, I never, I never saw him kind of play for us again. He, I'm sure he, he played a part in in the run into that season. But by the next year, he'd kind of maybe gone out on loan somewhere, and he, we never really saw him progress. And I think yeah. one of our previous guests, Anthony Costa, talked about there'd been a few players like that who just haven't really. It's a shame, really, when players make such an impact like he did, and you think like this guy, yeah. like that was a that was like a Gerrard-esque performance on that day against Everton. And it's just yeah. a shame, really. Yeah. Peter, can I sort of talk to you about the game after New Year's Day when we played Manchester United away? Because I know you're really angry about this, Peter. <laughs> oh, uh, the 0-0, oh. Eric, I'm sure you remember. Peter, what, why were you so angry and what are your memories of it? We'd not won at Old Trafford for years, like decades, I don't know. <laughs> and then uh, this clearly was like a yard over the line, you know. It was just everybody in the stadium could see it was a goal apart from the referee and it was just bizarre. That you know, and then there's sort of a feeling of disbelief that that goal was not allowed, and and in the post-match interview, I was particularly disappointed, I suppose, with Martignol. I didn't think he kicked up enough of a fuss about it. I couldn't imagine that Alec Ferguson would have been so calm about that. <laughs> Could you see it from where you were that the ball? Because you would have been quite far away, but was it clear? Yeah, from my uh, <laughs> my point yeah. of view, it was definitely over the line and it was over the line but yeah. I think if you take the assistant referee he was also far away from the line so he couldn't really yeah. say was it over or not because of a long shot from Pedro and Pedro Mendes was a lovely football one of my favourite Spurs players I just thought he was really lovely neat and tidy and really protected the ball well Eric was he was he that good did you rate him really highly Pedro yeah definitely uh, he, he was a great player obviously with winning the Champions League before he came from Porto Great technique and uh, smoothness when he r- ran and, you know, everything he had as a footballer was, was great. But I think also Martin preferred, you know, Carrick as a passer and then also uh, a working player next to him like Michael Brown, you know. 
I would say, Eric, the first choice at midfield, Martin's midfield, was Simon Davis, Carrick, Brown, and then possibly Andy Reid or Sean Davis played on the left. Who did you prefer that season playing in front of you? Actually, I had quite a nice time a couple of games with Timothy, you know, when he played yeah. more offensive, because then he could bomb forward. Reto a couple of times. I can't really recall the best option for me personally. Also, Simon Davis, you know, he had a great couple of seasons before I came. He was highly regarded, but never really made it after his injuries, I think. Going back to that Old Trafford game, what was the atmosphere in the dressing room after the game? <laughs> uh, now obviously, a, a missed chance to win the game. You know, like yeah. you said, uh, Spurs hadn't won for ages at Old Trafford and we had done it, actually. We needed goal line technology. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> After that game, we lost our next three games. We lost at home to Chelsea. I mean, they were massively strong that season. But then, as Sim said, we lost 3-0 away to Palace and 3-1 away to Bolton Wanderers. How did you feel, Eric, at that sort of time? Did you feel we were sort of, we'd gone a great run and then suddenly we lost three on the trot? Maybe it's kind of normal with a young team, you know, doing good things and then you have a bad spell and then a little bit like a small roller coaster run, you know, with a young team. We were not consistent enough to really push on for the European places, to be honest. And you mentioned that Crystal Palace game, and that was a really bad game for me personally. You know, I had had a bad game, and I think I was out of the team after that the game also. That, that's a bad memory, the, the Palace game. Yeah, I'm sure. But then we sort of won a couple of games after that, and then we lost a couple of games. As you say, Eric, it might be because of you know, the young team. But Peter, do you remember? I, I sort of remember that season being positive and then feeling negative. It was, seemed a real up and down season, didn't it, Peter? Yeah, it was like the waves. It was like waves of you know some clusters of really good results, but no real what I would call proper consistency. If you're looking at a really high point, is probably that Everton game at home. You know the. The Dean yeah. Marnie game and then a low point would be probably that Palace game that I went to in terms of the performance and that's probably our low point from a performance view and from my mood probably what happened at Old Trafford that's a pretty bad yeah. low point as well. so up <laughs> okay, and down and then, really then we started a nice little run actually we beat Manchester City at home not the Manchester City of now obviously but we beat mm. them at home Drew with Birmingham, and then we beat Newcastle home. Then we went away to Liverpool. So, Eric, how did you sort of feel before this Liverpool game? So we were on a nice little run at the time. Yeah, obviously a huge game for everyone to go to Anfield before, and I was happy to be chosen to play the game. We knew it would be a, a big test for us. They played 3-4-3, three, three, and were bombing forward all the time. Uh, I remember Dawson came in his first game he was just signed he and Andy Reid were just signed from Nottingham and the big player in that team was Andy Reid but the one who really made it that Spurs was Michael Dawson and yeah. that first game he was phenomenal together with Ledley uh, at the centre back this was your only goal for Spurs so you know this is annoyingly and I think Sim will back me up on this <laughs> when anyone researches anything about Eric Edmund it always comes up about this goal but it annoys me because there's so much more to you like, from your career. So it frustrates me a little bit. So that's why we didn't want to concentrate the whole sort of podcast on this. But if you can sort of tell us about the goal in your, through your eyes, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, obviously I've seen it on social media a couple of times. Yeah, I remember it was a, uh, we had a corner and the ball came to me. And I, I remember uh, Robbie was shouting for the ball and I took it forward a couple of yards and then just yeah, smashed it. 
From the moment it left your foot, did you know that it was in? No, not really, to be honest. I thought this can be good, and then, yeah, it's great. What did Robbie say to you? Uh, he didn't say anything afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I remember afterwards in the, in the bus going back to the airport, Freddy said to me, you can have 10 of my goals, and I can have your... <laughs> and I was actually considerate because he scored a couple of really nice goals. Yeah, he was a good player, wasn't he, Freddie like Canute? Him, yeah. We said in a podcast the other day, uh, Eric, that it was a big loss when Freddie left. Yeah, definitely. He was. I think that the main tactic from uh, Martin was use the strikers as quick as possible because we had four great strikers, Robbie, Jermaine, Freddie and Mido also. They were competing for two spots. The strong qualities of the team was the up front, the strikers. So give them the ball as quick as possible and hopefully they are in a good mood and can decide things for us, you know. And Freddie was one of those. And with his career afterwards, when he left Spurs with Sevilla, he was phenomenal. Yeah, he's yeah. a god down there. Yeah, he really was. So you scored that goal. It must have been a brilliant, just in the memory of us Spurs fans. You'll always be a legend in our eyes, just purely for that goal, I think. But I think... In hindsight, you know, you had a really, really good season at Spurs. I went to a few games that season and I thought the games that you played in, I thought we were pretty solid at the back. How did you feel about it, Eric? That's how I thought about it as well. You know, I want to be a solid player. And I think sometimes Martin, he, he said to me, you're like a robot. Timothy, you can get things you don't expect, but with you, you always get what you expect. And yeah, I, I see it more as a compliment, actually, yeah. because people can rely on me and that's also, what I'm proud of in a yeah. way. Yeah, and also just on the on the season after. I mean, you played three games in the 2005 or six season before you you said you moved at the end of the transfer window. But the first three games of that season, we beat Portsmouth two nil, beat Middlesbrough two nil, and drew nil nil with Blackburn. We didn't concede a single goal. And it's just my kind of opinion that Martin possibly made a bit of bit of a mistake. Whoever was controlling the transfers at the time, I'm not sure. We might have got into the Champions League because we missed out really narrowly the next season. I think if we'd had you at left back that year, maybe instead of Lee, we might have been better off keeping you. If I can look back on it now, I I tried to speak to, to Martin about it during the, the tour in South Korea, yeah. where I want to ask him about, okay, where am I now in your uh, in your view and how do you see me now? And he never really said anything to me. And that's yeah. also the, the two weeks later, a young Puli came in and I, I thought, OK, he's going to play. But if Martin would have said to me, OK, you, you're going to compete with young Puli, but you're going to get a lot of games, yeah. I probably would have stayed. If we can move on to the end of the season, Liverpool away was a great result at the time because they, they were really, really strong. And then we saw we lost to Arsenal away, which was a bit disappointing. And then we beat Villa 5-1. We ended up finishing ninth in the season, which when you think about it, Sim, we lost a lot of games that season. You know, we had to change of management management, and it was a new young team, as Eric said. But yeah. Sim, was ninth that much of a disaster, really, given what had gone on? Well, no, because we finished 14th the year before. We really narrowly missed out on European football this year. The club had been out of Europe for about, I think the last time we played in Europe was 99 99-2000 when we'd won the League Cup the year before. Was there a lot of talk around the club about being back in Europe and how important that would be for the club? I can't recall exactly, but obviously yeah. it, was, it would have been a, a big thing, a big achievement for the club. And, and, and also for me personally, because then you could add a lot of more games with the Europe, Europa League and European sure, uh, yeah. League. you know, uh, And that would probably have made my uh, mind up also to stay for another year because then... Yeah. You can't play 
the same team all the time, and and uh, I would have gotten uh, chances in the Europa League, for example. You yeah. know, so it was a disappointment, and I think if you look back, you have that Villa game, you have the Bolton game, and you also have the draw, the last game at home to Blackburn. You know, where we could made that difference. You know, with with more yeah. points. I mean, the Borough, the Middlesbrough game in the second last game was maybe the six pointer. We lost that game. And they, yeah. they were the ones who finished seventh in the end, weren't they? Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Then the FA Cup, we had a nice little run in the FA Cup. Eric, was that important to you? The FA Cup is a huge competition for us Spurs fans. Do you remember sort of anything about the FA Cup that year? We got beaten by Newcastle in the end. Yeah, it was disappointing. I was at the, at the bench that game, you know, I was looking forward because it would be a huge thing for me personally, you know, because the youth, uh, FA Cup also in Sweden was big at the time and it was a disappointment definitely we lost the way to Newcastle 1-0 with Clivert scoring which is a bit yeah, disappointing I mean they spent a lot of money during those seasons Peter I think they bought Michael Owen the season after for about 17 million yeah yeah they were I don't, I don't know can't remember who the manager was there but they were sort of splashing the cash a bit there you know, it was yeah, before Mike yeah. Ashley came in, just before, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then in the League Cup, we got beaten by Liverpool on penalties, which was hugely disappointing. I remember it was a freezing night. I remember I went to the game, the midweek <laughs> game. No, you didn't play, Eric. Atuba seemed to play at left back, and Ziegler played. Did you connect with uh, Andy Reid at all? Did he ever play on your side in any of the games you played? Because you mentioned Ziegler and Atuba. Yeah, Andy came later during the winter break, I think. Oh, the winter transfer window. I think uh, Irish people are great, you know. <laughs> so, Dawson, yeah. great person. Andy Reid, great person. Also, you had Stephen Kelly. And Andy, yeah, we had a couple of games together, but never really get the chemistry, if you like, that I had maybe with uh, Rito and uh, Timothy or Simon David, because I played longer time with them during that season. Mido was quite a character, wasn't he, in the squad? Yeah, like you said before about him with the loose cannon, you know, and you had to say quick, quick meal, but great talent. When he came into the team, he was great the first two, three months, I think, and then he kind of dropped a little bit the standard. But uh, I think for Spurs at the time to have four high quality strikers, this was great competition between them because you also had Robbie, you know, with, with his. Yeah and your main coming through he was quite a young player at the time but becoming better and better and obviously with Freddie as well generally speaking I thought Martin always wanted to play with a big man and a smaller next to him so yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah. it was Freddie sometimes Mido and also though he, he could choose between Robbie and your main on the subject of Mido we never thought he was the same player after he cut his hair he almost looked like a <laughs> Viking with the long hair but then he, he cut his hair and he was like he was just not the same player no, I remember the first two, three weeks during training session, both at Spurs and also later with Wigan, I thought, this is the best striker in the world, you know, <laughs> because he was <laughs> called from everywhere, working hard, you know, chasing balls, doing things technically that was amazing to see, you know, but he could not keep up that standard. Aaron Lennon was one of my favourite players of all time. I, I loved him. I thought he was... I thought he was so exciting every time he got on the ball. I think the summer, you would have played with him maybe during the pre-season and at the start of the 2005 season. We're just wondering, obviously, you had a, a bit of a difficult time playing against him for Wigan. Uh, we won't say any any more about that, but just how good a player was, was, Aaron, was Aaron Lennon? I, I hoped you forgot about that question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think Paolo Maldini would have struggled on that day. I really do. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I, 
I just came back from a, another head concussion. Yeah, yeah. Came on against Fulham at home, and then uh, normal left back Mano Figueroa was injured. So yeah. I played, and I was delighted playing that game, going back to the lane, you know. And it was absolutely a nightmare, especially because it was only one near half time. Yeah, and that, crazy. Yeah, he terrorized me totally, you know, for 45 minutes. I was so devastated after the game and felt really, really bad, you know, leaving the stadium and everything. And I, I had two, three weeks after that that I really felt bad, you know. Uh, yeah. He he killed me totally. Yeah, I, I think Harry, Harry was very... Um was very kind of complimentary about you and Harry Redknapp was very complimentary about you in the in his post-match interview and he kind of just said it how it was like Eric was a was a fantastic player for Spurs and and uh, as you were the stats I mean we've we've learned a lot about the way the team was and just talking to you and the stats of only conceding 41 in the season you played most of the games I think Harry was just more keen to praise our team and Defoe who scored five and Aaron who was just unplayable yeah I just wonder what Roberto Martinez would have said to you guys after <laughs> the game, because in the interviews in front of the TV, he seemed to somehow put a positive spin on it. But I just wonder what he said behind the scenes to you guys. I really rate Martinez as one of the best coaches I had. Yeah. And, and to be honest, I never really played with him, under him, you know, because he, he preferred other players for good reasons, to be honest, after that performance especially. Uh, <laughs> but as a coach, I, I, I don't really... You can... Uh, say anything clever, leave it as, as it is, you know, and go home and take it the day after or a couple of days after, you know, like a hair hairdryer conversation after the game, you know, I, I, I don't think that's going to make any Wouldn't difference in a positive way, you know, but mm. everybody was devastated and, and the biggest loss ever for Wigan, I think, or something like that. And uh, yeah, it was terrible, terrible. Let's move on. But <laughs> please, please do that. It's been brilliant having you on the podcast, Eric, to go through that season, which was a which was a pretty formative season in Spurs' development, I think. So, Eric, really appreciate your time. Sim and Peter, really, really appreciate your time. Thanks, everyone, for listening again. It's been a real, real pleasure. And a real, to be honest, a real treat for us guys to have you on, Eric. So, yeah. appreciate your time and love to your family. Keep safe, Eric. Thanks, Thank Eric. You very much. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for your insight. Uh, thank you, listeners, for listening, and we'll be back very soon with more YE1 Daily Podcast. Thank you, guys. Bye. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.